1: Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard, I am your host as well as one of the certified financial planners on the show. Next to me, my business partners and colleagues, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory.
2: Unless you've been living in a cave, then you no doubt have heard The huge political news here recently in the past 10 days that taxes are officially changing next year. Mm -hmm. And so the number one question that should be on your mind is what does it mean for me? We're going to help you answer that today. Start unpacking the tax code changes and what you need to do about it for 2018.
1: That's the most important thing because a lot of everyone's thinking about, well, what did the government just do? That will change my tax situation. No, what do you get to do now to improve your tax situation under these new rules? We're going to tell you that. If you have questions, reach out to us. You can do so in a few different ways. WiseMoneyRadio.com, you can catch up on previous episodes as well as submit questions right there on the right. Call or text your questions into me, 574-222-2000. Lastly, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter, at WiseMoneyRadio. So, like Josh said, although I like that terminology, unless you've been living in a cave, which actually would be a little appealing considering how much this has been smeared across the news, but taxes are officially changing next year, and it was not what was campaigned on, it was not what was promised, but there are changes nonetheless. Before we get into what those changes are, and then more importantly, what planning opportunities are out there for you, let's just recap the
0: whole process. Yeah, well, lots of changes have been made. One of the things that we were gonna talk about as well is what should you do today? This Mm -hmm. is really the last day for you to take action. And I'm just gonna throw this out there. If you estimate and you're planning on doing your fourth quarter estimate January 15th, do it today for your state and local taxes. Get that estimate written, get the check written, get it postmarked today, because they're going to be limiting how much you can deduct. They're going to limit that to Mm $10,000. And so if you pay more than $10,000 in state and local taxes, you won't be able to deduct anything north of that for 2018. So bring that payment into 2017 and that's one of the things that if you're listening today and you're saying hey how who how am i affected mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you should do the the tricky thing about covering the tax law change is everyone wants to know how does it apply to me it applies to everyone it just applies to everyone differently mm-hmm. so the the planning opportunities the changes and how you're affected it is it, it is very unique an individual, that's why you want to be working with a certified financial planner who is working with your tax planner.
2: Well, you said there that uh, it applies to everyone differently. It also applies to everyone differently than it was Mm -hmm. kind of billed uh, at the beginning. I have read way too many articles and in hindsight I realize now how many of them were really kind of speculative in nature. Mm-hmm. The the media has been presenting on all of the different iterations of the bill. And this is the first major bill that I've ever actually combed through myself. Normally, you know, we, we study up on the main provisions and everything, but going to the actual document was fascinating to me. The understanding the process that they've been going through over these months where, you know, the House created their version, the Senate creates their version, and then they go into conference to arm wrestle over which one's going to win. And when you read uh, the actual document, it it shows you, here's what the current law was in 2017, or prior prior law. Uh, Here's what the House said they were going to do. Here's what the Senate said, and here's who won. And Frequently through this, I see the Senate winning over and over again.
1: Which actually is a huge irritation to me because I was a big fan of a tax change and tax simplicity and improving taxes for the middle class. And the House proposed a plan that didn't quite do that, but it was an attempt. And then the Senate came out with a plan that didn't do that at all, in my opinion. And when they went to tug of war, the Senate won, and frankly, I'm disappointed. Now, we are gonna talk about what those changes are, what you need to be doing about it. Kevin just started sharing, but I, I it's a, it's a disappointment to me how it all shook out.
2: The House version was certainly more drastic, right? It, yeah. it was much more simplified. It was not gonna get us, in my opinion, anywhere near the postcard tax return. No, no, no. As was uh, kind of promoted there. but. Um, you know, you look at the Senate plan and the one that actually got passed, and it it looks awfully familiar, looks <laughs> awfully similar to what we've
0: known for a long time now. And the and the interesting question that I get quite frequently, they say, folks will say, hey, you guys prepare taxes, and we do. Our firm does about 2,500 tax returns every year. And people say, well, you, you want it to be able to be on a postcard, um, but that will really hurt you and i said no actually that won't hurt us as a matter of fact in my humble opinion that will ignite a firestorm because there's so much talent that goes into tax preparation every year and when you look at the the millions of hours of compliance in preparing tax returns to me that is that is wasted absolutely it is it is completely unnecessary and i just my my executive summary of this whole thing, as I've looked at this, and I, as I said on an earlier episode, I'm going to do it like I like to do a Notre Dame uh, football game. I'm going to wake up with five minutes left to go in the game and watch the last five minutes, and then know who won. And I, and there.
2: So you DVR'd this whole uh, <laughs> I, I did, tax law change I, I process, did, and
0: I and I did the super speed through the whole thing. Um, but I I was thinking about this, and if I was going to give you a summary, I would say. The way that the the politicians in Washington have behaved, you would not let your children get away with that kind of behavior. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a very disappointing result. When I talk to our team about why why do you, why did you come to work today to get results? Period. Mm-hmm. And the folks that we've elected and, and, and sent to Washington D.C., we sent them there to get results. These are, in my humble opinion, this is my opinion. Uh, very disappointing results, but we're gonna let's dig in.
1: Let's dig in. So the the first thing that you'll notice that is a is a change, and gosh, I almost said big change, but it's not. The tax brackets are going down. Their tax brackets are changing now. I really like the idea of dropping to three tax brackets. We didn't get that. We mm-hmm. still have we have seven uh, right now, and there'll be seven next year. But those rates dropped a little bit. They both start at ten percent, but then twelve percent and 22%, 24% and so on. So you're going to be paying taxes at lower rates. That's
2: that's true. The question is, will you be paying tax on more money though? That's right. Because what we never really spend a lot of time talking about is that there really is a 0% tax bracket. Essentially, mm-hmm. there's a chunk of your family's income that you pay no tax on because you use certain write offs certain exemptions or deductions. I'm throwing a lot of jargon out here. And if they start tinkering with those numbers as they have, then suddenly you can have less money in the zero
0: percent bracket than ever before. Right. And you're in and, and the tricky thing when you're talking about this is, Joshua, you're talking about federally. That's yeah, yeah right. good point. So there is federally when I look at paying my federal taxes, it's not based on my income. It's based on what everything on the front page of my tax return minus what used to be my deductions and exemptions. Now it will just be my deductions. But the state tax is mu- it's it's a much lower rate than the federal tax, mm-hmm. but it's much closer to a flat tax. You there there aren't very many gimmies or giveaways on the state side of the, the house.
1: And the state side is not a progressive system, which as we're talking about tax brackets, just to remind you after, so you've got your income after all those deductions, which we're going to go through in just a minute, a lot of those are changing, some of them going away. After all of those deductions, you then pay a certain amount uh, of, you pay tax on a certain amount of your income at 10%, then at 12%, then at 22%, where it used to be 10 and then 15, and then 25, and then 28. We're seeing all those brackets come down slightly. The verdict will uh, is still out, though, uh, or the jury is still out on whether that will actually be less taxed to you because of these changes in in deductions. What deductions are going away? What's changing with your itemized deductions? What exemptions and so on? Folks, there's not much time left in 2017, but there's still some things that you need to do pertaining to these deductions. So we've got that and a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with
1: Corhorn Financial Group. Is this going to be the last year you itemize your deductions? Box that stuff up, rush over to Goodwill right now. Right now, there are things that you need to be doing here inside of 48 hours before that year changes, and we're covering all of that for you today. My name's Mike Bernard, next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn here in the KFG Studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. If you have questions, there will be tons of questions. I can't think of a more important time to do tax planning than ever before. You need to do tax planning. That's individual. You need to sit down with your certified financial planner who connects with your CPA, your tax preparer, and figure out what you need to do what's changing for you and what you should do to maximize the benefits. If you have questions for us that you want to hit on the show, a lot of people will reach out to us. Call text 574-222-2000, wise money radio.com. Lastly, every episode on YouTube and podcast, just search wise money with Corhorn financial group. All right. We left off with the tax, the number of tax brackets to staying the same, but the rates are going down. However, that doesn't mean you just won because deductions are changing as well. Let's recap those deductions.
2: Well, I frame this as the 0% tax bracket, right? What portion of your income can you avoid paying any federal income tax on? And you've always had a choice as to whether or not you're gonna create your own list of expenses to write off. We call that itemizing your deductions. Some people have used the phrase filling out the long form on their taxes, yeah. right? Uh, the other option is to use the freebie option uh, or, or the gimme that the government offers, and we call that the standard deduction. It has dramatically jumped, nearly doubling, right? So,
1: so the standard deduction is essentially doubling. I know it's not good to talk numbers on the radio, but if you're an individual, your standard deduction went from 6,300 to 12,000. And for married couples, went from 12700 to 24000 So I think this was Congress's way of saying, see, see, we, we did simplify things. You don't have to keep track of all those things anymore. Actually, you just made things more complicated, in, in my opinion. About a third, if I'm remembering correctly, about a third of Americans out there itemize. I think even more could itemize. You just haven't wanted to. And this is going to, with the standard deduction doubling, it's going to drastically reduce the number of people who itemize. I believe,
0: so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this, the 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 incredible complications, because they have put some caps on some of the things that you can deduct it within your itemized deduction. That's, That's right. right.
2: That's why it's going to be so difficult for many people.
0: So share that, Kevin. Well, so it used to be, when you talked about S A L T, it was a strategic. Arms limitation <laughs> treaty. So those of us who are uh, political I don't junkies, know if I, I that have that never
2: thought of salt that way, actually. Right. But
0: so now, now we're talking about it in terms of state and local taxes. Mm-hmm. So if you live in Indiana, you pay a state tax, and then you pay, depending on the county that you live in, you pay a county or local tax. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being about five percent if you live in Saint Joe County, Elkhart, whatever. So if you pay more than $10,000 in state and local taxes, you're only allowed to deduct because Mike was talking about, hey, you have two choices. I have a standard deduction. So a married couple, my standard deduction is now going to be 24000 Or I can itemize. And there are a number of things that go into my itemized deductions. One of those is my state income taxes that I pay. And that's why we're saying, hey, get any... St- state and local income taxes that you would pay in, in, in January of 2018, pay them this year and deduct them. If you
1: think I'm going to owe state taxes when I file my taxes mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. if you think well, or, or if you think it's going to be close, I don't really know, write a state tax estimate right now, drop it in the mail today. Before noon. <laughs> no, that's not really a deadline. But get it done because if you itemize this year, that ten thousand cap that will be on that state and local tax I'm not using the salt thing. That to me that's
2: <laughs> not not good. But
1: um Jury for next year, vote. for next year, it's gonna be capped. It's not capped this year. So get that in as it will help you. Part of the rationale around well, we're doubling the standard standard deduction. I think part of it is to try and make it more simple. And that's in an air quotes, I disagree, but they also got rid of that personal exemption. So any dependent in your family and you're a dependent, you claim yourself and as well as any kids or anything, you used to get just about a $4,000 deduction. So income that would be at the 0% tax bracket, like Josh said, is a write-off. So if you have... So you guys know, I've got uh, I've got a family of four. It's about to be a family of five. For each of those five individuals, you get a $4,000 deduction. That's $20,000.
2: I was waiting to see if you were going to do that math right.
1: Gone. Yeah, I know. You guys know,
2: <laughs> you guys know I can't talk and do math. I'm I was ready, ready to time. intervene for you if you messed up. Okay, so. I appreciate that. I got your appreciate back. That.
1: But if you've got a bigger family... Yeah. Yes, there's one change we're going to talk about in just a second with child tax credit, but you're going to lose a ton of deductions here. Yep. A ton of deductions.
2: And, and essentially, I think the spirit of all this was they were raising that uh, standard deduction, that free write-off, and erasing the exemptions, just sort of merging the two together. And th- the spirit was simplify the tax return. But depending on how big your family is, as you say, you may be giving up much more than
0: what you're gaining with the new standard deduction. Based upon your income. Because if your income is lower, so just, let's just say less than a hundred thousand dollars, and you've got six children, you say, "Wait a minute! I just gave up six times four, Mike." What? Uh, <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> so I just gave up twenty-four thousand dollars of deductions, but I just, but I, I, if I have six kids times two, I have $12,000 of credit now. So let's get there. So the child tax credit received a little bit of a boost.
1: So if you have child dependents that are under the age of 17, in previous rule, you would get a $1,000 tax credit and it was completely refundable, which means all those kids in your house, if those created a lot of deductions and all of your income was gone, you still get that $1,000 tax credit, even though you had no tax. So it was completely refundable. What they've done is, and there was rumor about they weren't going to allow it up to age 17, but they've kept that, mm-hmm. to, to, is my understanding, that any kids that are dependents of yours up to age 17, you now get a $2,000 child tax credit. But if you're paying no tax, only 1400 of that is actually refundable. That's so right. that should help offset a lot of losing that exemption
2: well, for it, your kids. It will help a lot of families, especially those who have have always had their family income north of one hundred and ten thousand. Those families have always had some of their child tax credits taken away from them. Once you clear 110,000, they start phasing you out is the phrase, but basically means they're taking some of those goodies away. Mm-hmm. Now you have to exceed 400,000 of family income for a married couple.
1: See, and, and that's where I that's one sliver of the bill that I think, okay, I think you're trying to help the middle class. Now you you listening right now might say middle class up to four hundred thousand of income, maybe not, but if you are married and you and your spouse both work making fifty five sixty grand a year, I'd call that middle class and in the past, you were you weren't able to get some of these credits. So the fact that they've lifted that, I think will help a lot of middle class where both Spouses are working and they're making uh, a decent money, but they're still in the middle class. Now you'll get these credits.
2: There's an interesting add-on here too, because uh, some of you listening may have another family member living uh, within your home, within your household. Maybe it's a dependent parent or a grandparent or uh, a niece or a nephew, someone that is not a child of yours. Uh, you've always been able to claim them on your tax return as an exemption, mm-hmm. which that's the one that's based on headcount, as, as uh, Mike was saying. But now you may instead get a credit for those folks. That did not exist in the past. It's a $500 uh, credit. It's also temporary. Yeah. So uh, another complexity in all this is the rules are here today, but how long will they be here? Um, that did not get more simplified.
0: Yeah, think of the uh, adult children that are living in your house, whether that's a child with a disability or that is a child who's kind of boomeranged back. Um, so this, right, the, the complexity though, in I have to remember this and I can claim it now, but it's going to change on the whim of the politicians. It's, uh, <laughs> how about that? What do you need to be doing to maximize your benefit? We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn
1: Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group.
1: All right, so what really grinds my gears about this whole tax thing is everyone's looking at, did I win, did I lose? How does this impact me? You can be a winner every single year on your taxes. I'm a winner, I'm a winner. Here's how you do that. Do tax planning get get proactive about your tax situation and, and so I I know there's a lot of hubbub about well how's this going to impact me how's it going to impact me that's all passive get proactive sit down with your certified financial planner and figure out which of these do apply to you and then which new strategies do you need to start implementing to get the most out of these tax law changes. We're breaking down the tax law changes to you right now and then we're gonna start talking about some of these planning opportunities in just a second. My name is Mike Bernard next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. As we're recapping these tax law changes, let me just also add a disclaimer. There's been so much rumor going back and forth. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Additionally, you know that tax laws are very detailed, very onerous. We're getting headlines right now. It's gonna take a little while to see exactly what details emerge, what exceptions to exceptions to exceptions are out there. And it's just gonna take a couple months there again. Here we're at the end of 17, set up your appointment right now with your certified financial planner to do tax planning. Set well, that appointment now.
2: Especially since a lot of the headlines, a lot of the articles being written are misinterpretations as well. Yes. So there's a yeah. lot of misinformation floating around out there.
0: Yeah. Just be careful. The the folks that are writing those articles, as we did some reviewing of those articles this past week, they really don't understand what they're writing about. doesn't make them bad folks, but they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be easy to be confused. As we said earlier, write a check today for your fourth quarter estimate for your state and local taxes. Get it postmarked and in the mail today. And don't worry, another one of the big questions that we've had is, what is this gonna do to my 2017? Yeah, It is nothing. Nothing. It is a non-event for 2017. People have said, hey, I converted my IRA to Roth IRA. I may need to recharacterize some early next year. What do I, am I still gonna be able to do that for my 2017 return, yes. Yeah, it doesn't impact your 17 return at all and it's confusing because
1: you'll file, you'll file your 17 return in 2018, but it's based on the 17, 2017 rules. Let's talk about the mortgage interest deduction. Speaking of itemizing, yeah, the so, so pay your state estimate and then also rush to Goodwill, make your donations, make your gifts here before the end of the year because the standard deduction's doubling but the things that you get to itemize, there are some limits to. So let's
0: talk about that mortgage interest deduction. So you can deduct, it, it, it used to be you could deduct the interest that you paid on a mortgage with the mortgage balance being up to $1 million. So if I- 1
1: million, sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> One. Million. So if I so if I went and bought a house and got a mortgage for one million dollars, and I it was at four percent interest, I paid forty thousand dollars in interest. I can deduct <laughs> that. That it, is ridiculous. It is. Wow. Can you imagine that payment? I can't imagine having a mortgage half the size of what I've got right now. That's so <laughs> fascinating to even right. think about. Okay, that. so you, we you need, need to know to deduct here. all that interest. <laughs> no, not- so you, you can you can deduct all that interest. Now they've made it, instead of a million dollars, it's 750. Yeah. So so who's the big loser
1: here in the, I'm gonna say just right now, we still have a lot more details to hit. Big winners are corporations and business owners, yeah. uh, but big losers are? Kevin. If you yeah Kevin <laughs> Kevin S Corhorn. Uh no big losers are if you live in a state with high state taxes and really high home prices so think Chicago think New York think L A Atlanta possibly because you're not likely not able to deduct that mortgage interest that you once did and with high income and high state taxes you're going to be capped at ten thousand there on your itemized.
0: Yeah, so. it, it's it's not uncommon in it, it, as I was reading, there really in California it's the big deal because it's not uncommon to have a mortgage north of a million dollars. Now we talk about winners and losers from the tax law changes, and I think I would feel like a loser if my mortgage was a million bucks. But that's that's the reality out there. That's what stuff costs out there. So um, they they're going to be limited, and and this adds incredible complexity to the deal. Yeah, that's right, instead of making
1: it more simple. Okay, what's still in? You can still deduct out-of-pocket medical expenses and uh, what went really under the radar screen during the Obama administration, that that cap got moved from 7.5% to 10%. So your out-of-pocket expenses for medical, you could only deduct what was over 10% of your income. They not only kept that as part of the itemized deduction, they brought it back down to 7.5%. I still argue with that. You should be deducting your medical premiums elsewhere on your taxes, hopefully through your Section 125 cafeteria plan, but then also your out-of-pocket expenses needs to run through your HSA. If you're eligible. If for you're that. eligible.
0: That's right. Yeah, and I I would uh, dis- disagree with you there because you should be investing your HSA dollars mm. and you should be paying for those medical expenses out-of-pocket if you're able to. But here's the thing. If... if if this is a a show all about whining about the tax code the complexity (laughs) still it's still complex and as a matter of fact they just made the bar that much higher to be able to deduct those so if you're going to go to your dentist and you say well i'm going to go next week and i'm going to get ten thousand dollars worth of work done on this side of my mouth and i'm going in january to get the other ten done you may want to do it all in january and february Get your $20,000, your, your, your new grill, and deduct it all in 2018.
2: This one felt like a shot across the Obama bow in a way. Uh, did. Uh, I I'm not sure how much of an impact it's going to have on a lot of people, but it does directly undo one of the tax law changes that he he brought into effect over the past few years.
1: Student loan interest, you can still deduct that up to 2500 of interest, and uh, don't milk that deduction pay those things off, get aggressive there. Teachers, this was a big deal. Teachers, you can still deduct your uh, classroom expenses up to $250. Now this one gets a lot of attention. It's just $250, but most teachers are spending that on their classroom. You can still deduct that. Um, Speaking of teachers, there's a big improvement, in my opinion, to the 529 savings plan. Let's talk about those tax changes.
2: Yeah, they're changing who is eligible to use the 529 plan. It's always been thought of as a college savings plan. Mm-hmm. Now they're uh, allowing you to use these dollars, but basically squirrel away money, let it grow, and use it for primary education or secondary education as well. That can be uh, you know, private school for uh, tuition for your kids.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is a huge deal. I was meeting with a client last week, who's Amish, and I said, hey, do you guys put any money aside for college for your kids? And based on the way that they organize their lives and their religious principles, they don't do that. But they do send their children and have expenses for the school that their children go to. And now, this is a big deal if you live in Indiana, now I can put $5,000 in a 529 plan get my $1000 credit and then pull out the amount that I need to use for my kids' education tax free. Yeah. So it's there's there's a big planning opportunity there. It's a big deal.
2: You know, it also makes me kind of ponder how the states are going to respond to all these tax law changes. Mm-hmm. Everything we've been talking about have been federal rules. And then usually the states respond to try to coordinate their plans or react to some of the incentives that have been created. And as you mentioned, I mean, we've always talked about on this show, 529 plans are a way for you to set aside money and get a free credit on your tax return. That's a state tax return uh, for saving for college. Well, uh, does this open that up to more people using it? And uh, is suddenly the state going to be on the hook for a lot more tax credits and just a little
0: a, a little uh, planning tidbit here as well josh and i both live in michigan we both pay indiana taxes we're both able to put money in the 529 plan and deduct in you get the credit if mm-hmm. you will in michigan you get a deduction i'd rather mm-hmm. have a credit than a deduction uh, any day
1: moving expenses are gone paying well, your tax and prep that's fee
0: and I, at the risk of interrupting we're talking about things you want to get done before the end of the year you may want to move. <laughs> Plenty of time have, this afternoon. If you haven't edit your agenda.
1: What about corporations? Are you going to see tax improvements for the small business you own or if you're an owner in a larger business? We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise
1: Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. What do you need to do to get the most out of these tax law changes? We're talking about that today. My name's Mike Bernard. Next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn, this is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Want to remind you, especially as we've recapped a lot of the most important tax law changes and interjected some planning opportunities, we're going to hit more of those in just a second. If you've missed anything, the YouTube channel is up. Just search Wise Money Radio, and you can catch all the previous episodes on the website, wisemoneyradio.com, as well as uh, on podcasts, Google Play, and iTunes. Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. If you have questions about this, and I know you will, five seven four two 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 thousand, call or text. And really, one of the action plans we're going to hit this again. You've got to you've got to set up your tax planning appointment with your certified financial planner right now. Once again, everyone's looking at well, how did this shake out for me? Get proactive. You want to improve your tax situation. Figure out what opportunities are available and take action. The big, big, big winners and and folks, it turns out all of these tax reforms were actually just about trying to help businesses and it turns out big business. We've got to talk about the tax law changes for small business owners and big corporations.
2: Let's talk about those changes. Well, that really was the spirit of all of these tax law reform. In my opinion, that's the reason why we can even still use the term reform to describe the the laws that have changed. It's really on the corporate side, and it's all out of the spirit that when you compared the top rates that U.S. corporations pay compared to uh, other nations around the globe. Developed nations, yeah. That's right. We were on the the high end of the spectrum. Second or third. Kevin just sent that around to us. I I don't know if you recall.
1: Second or third. Mm -hmm. Highest.
2: So, you know, you would argue that that puts U.S. businesses at a disadvantage when they're trying to compete on the world stage, right? And this is an attempt to remove some of those obstacles, level the playing field, and uh, really it it puts – some immediate profit, ultimately, in the hands of corporate America. That's one of the reasons why Wall Street has been on such a strong run over the past 12 months. It's in anticipation of these laws coming into effect and the, the positive benefit that it provides for our businesses here in, in the U.S.
1: So, essentially, corporate tax rates, so C-corps, what they call them, those are big, big businesses. Some small companies are structured as a C-Corp. There's potential double taxation, but now with these law changes, maybe you'd want to consider moving from S-Corp to C-Corp, but they've limited that. But essentially, they're, the, the tax rate for your profits for C-Corps is now 21%. The first version said 20, the next one said 22. They compromised at 21%.
0: Right, so if you are a business owner, whether you own a sole proprietorship, a partnership, An S Corp or a C Corp you want to be talking to your tax planner about entity structure that's and based on your situation and the new tax law changes what entity structure is appropriate for your situation so
1: let's let's talk about those sole proprietors uh, those those S Corp or LLC they're they're all called pass-throughs so if you haven't been living in a hole and you've heard a lot of news about the tax law changes. You've probably heard the word pass-through a ton. And you might have wondered, well, does that apply to me or not? I actually was stopped and YouTube can see I'm drinking Starbucks, my favorite vice, and in line talking to a business owner, a friend of mine, and he wasn't sure. Am I under a C Corp or am I a pass-through? I don't know. And this guy is successful business owner, his business is doing great. So pass-through entity, sole proprietorships, S Corps, LLC. You got a benefit, but it's limited. It's not quite as lucrative as C-Corps.
2: Well, I think it's important to, first of all, define what is the difference, because most corporations, if you own stock in Starbucks, for example, Starbucks is a C-Corp is what we call it. It's just a standard corporation, which means as they sell Mike their overpriced coffee, there's a whole bunch of profit (laughs) built into that. Mike is lining their pockets as we speak. And that profit gets taxed at corporate rates, used to be 35, some have said 39% when you uh, work everything, everything. right. Mm -hmm. Now going down to 21%. um, But that's not how most small businesses are structured. Most small businesses that we run into are either a limited liability company or an S corp. And what that means is, you the the business itself doesn't pay income taxes. Instead the profits flow through to the owner's tax return and they pay tax at their rate. That's what we mean by a pass through entity. The income passes through to your personal tax return.
1: So now in your personal return there are lower the there's still seven tax brackets, but those are lower, but some of the deductions are gone. So what they've done to hopefully stimulate small business Small businesses is created a deduction from those profits. Is it twenty or 25%? twenty five percent? 20 percent from those profits. Just they give you a deduction right off the bat. However, they have put a couple. They've they've added a couple strings to that. One is the deduction cannot exceed what you pay yourself. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And second is they are limiting this to professional service organizations, turns out that's accountants, attorneys, financial advisors. So there are limits in there where, I'll just be honest, folks out there, yeah, this tax law change is supposed to be about businesses and at least Corhorn Financial Groups and firms like ours lost.
2: But you know so here's how we win though. In my opinion this is one of the greatest complexities that's added to the tax code. This is totally. messy. Mm-hmm. I mean, your your eyes will go cross, your head will spin when you try to read through this and if if the CPAs listening today have ever wondered whether or not they have job security, uh-huh. this is it, right? Small business owners, it was complicated before. Now figuring out how do you apply this deduction? How much of it are you eligible for? And more importantly, how do you adjust your game plan for how you structure your your wages and things like that? This just got more complicated, and you need a tax planner working with you, not just a tax preparer.
1: So Kevin's used this phrase before, if you own a small business, run, don't walk, to your certified financial planner's office and talk to them about how you're going to structure your income what all of this means to you whether you should change your entity structure whether you're even allowed to and then what adjustments you need to make you get into april you get into july you get into october of of next year it's too late to make some of these changes so get into your certified financial planner's office why not your cpa because they're they're entire objective is to try to get an accurate tax return. Rarely do they focus on what can you do proactively to improve your situation. That's why we say you've got to work with your certified financial planner and that certified financial planner needs to be collaborating with your tax preparer.
2: And this is such an important time of year. If you are a business owner and you hear us talking about S-Corps and LLCs and things like that, every year you have a window of time from January 1st until March 15th to decide whether or not you're gonna make this election Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a limited opportunity you have to rule it in or rule it out decide whether or not it's gonna make sense for you which means you have to be proactive in this area of planning you need to be forecasting what is 2018 gonna look like for you you haven't even prepared your 2017 taxes yet and we're already telling you you need to be thinking about 2018
1: yeah uh, so let's recap some of the things that you need to do today or tomorrow. First, if you owe state taxes or you think you're going to owe state taxes, write an estimate. Get it postmark. Get it in the mail before 2018. Second, if you have donations that you need to make, gifts that you do each and every year or that you wanted to do and I don't know, you might not itemize next year. And if you do, it might not give you the same boost. Get those deductions in this year. Businesses with your tax rates going down, if you've got accounts payable, if, if you owe someone Money, I'd make sure you're paying that this year because next year you're going to have more deductions that you can take, potentially even a lower tax rate. And then lastly, I'd highlight again, run, don't walk to your certified financial planner's office. Don't just look at these tax law changes and say, well, how'd the dust settle? No, take a proactive approach and saying, I'm going to get the most out of these tax law changes and I'm gonna capitalize on the opportunities out there. So that is all the time we have for today, folks. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a safe and happy new year. And we'll see you next year here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.